Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Razorback fans? Welcome to the Friday HTP Show. I'm Ty Hudson, and on behalf of everyone here at the HTP, thanks for downloading and listening to our show. We hope you enjoy. If you did, feel free to rate and review the podcast. Woo, Pig Suey, go hard. Hard Talk Podcast is brought to you by Hyman Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Hyman Services is a family-owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They provide repairs such as small installations, landscaping, and many more services. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to the Pig Trail Network live show on YouTube. We're doing something a little bit different. Kyle Sutherland and myself are going to be recording, we're going to be recording the Hog Talk podcast. You guys are going to get a behind the scenes kind of look at how we do things. We're probably going to screw up. We're probably going to make a mistake here or there. I can't open this stupid uh, Hawaiian Punch drink mix pack. <laughs> Kyle, how you doing, man? Fantastic, man. Enjoying my last few days as a Texas resident. Excited to be a native Arkansan again. That's good to hear. Uh, chat, let us know if how the sound is uh, while Kyle talks. We're you know Again, this is all kind of a test. I haven't done this since we had Zach Arns on from uh, Ruskin and Zach. Uh, since there's no sports I have, I've watched... Too much Boy Meets World, says Jacob Botwinick. Nothing wrong with some Boy on, Meets World. Yeah, I've been I've been re-catching up on uh, Last Chance U, like, trying to get that sports fix in. Of course, we've had the, the free agency with Tom Brady, a lot of big big things. Of course, Darius Slay was a big one yesterday, and then mm-hmm. Todd Gurley not too long ago. So I know that that was a, a big hit for your Rams. It was actually not too shocking to me. But I know that that's definitely a big loss that either is probably going to be a can't maybe possibly a Kansas City Chiefs maybe as as a dark horse because he's going to be get or whatever team gets him will get him for a pretty low price. But it could also be for the Bucks as well. There's been a lot of talks of him teaming up with Tom Brady once that officially gets finalized. That'd be crazy. That would be uh, that'd be nuts to see him go to to go to Tampa. And they're going after. Um... 
Who's the other big name I heard they were going after? Uh, a wide receiver. It's going to drive me crazy. Well, Julian Edelman, there was a bunch of ruckus about he liked a, he liked one of the posts on Instagram about to- possibly reuniting with Tom Brady. And <laughs> Anytime a player likes something, they automatically assume, or at least it seems like social media automatically assumes that they're going to go join that team or join up with a former teammate, yeah. whatever the case may be. But that's just kind of how, I guess, Instagram and Twitter especially work. Not that Hog fans are guilty of that. We, we definitely don't go crazy Never. when a recruit likes something a coach or you know a fan says on Twitter or on social media. So, guys, uh, since the chat is saying they can hear us, sound is good, Mark Douglas says, Kelly Marie says it's loud and clear, so it's nice that you can hear us. Again, this will be episode... 76, was that right? For the Hog Talk, Kyle, was it 76? 76, yeah. 76, wow, look at that. Look at that. Not too shabby. Um, so it is different because there's there's not been any content. There's not really been any, obviously, no college sports or any sports of any kind. Free agency noise is all you're hearing right now. Uh, Ty, you were quite a bit louder than Kyle. Not sure if you can do anything about that. Yeah, I, I have to watch his, his, his audio here on OBS because – if they trip over one another, if he gets too loud, then you get a feedback through my mic. So I'm trying to monitor his um, his sound here. I'll try and turn him up a little bit. Hopefully it doesn't. doesn't I, can, uh, I can also turn my mic up, too. Like I said, on the last one, I felt like I was way too loud, so I don't want to be over the top here. Yeah, My voice already carries as it is. I know we both kind of have that same issue. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a booming voice. When I'm yelling at my kids, I swear to God, my neighbors could probably hear me. And I'm like, oh, boy, DHS is going to be knocking on my door at any moment. Mr. T-Dub, what's up, man? Hey, y'all, he says. Mm. I'm getting my, my drink on. Um, my Hawaiian Punch drink enhancer, water enhancer. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, share the content really quick. I'm going to copy and paste this across social media for everybody. We didn't really... Um, prepare for this i just kind of had an idea earlier today i was like you know what let's just let's just two birds one stone this bad boy let's let's get some content out for ptn and also let's do a let's record a hog talk podcast episode which is what we're doing Uh, i'm gonna get this put out here on social media um while i'm doing that kyle you had you had an update on the major league baseball draft and kind of what what that could mean for arkansas if you want to go in on that a little bit so they had released some articles that uh, their Yahoo put it out, I believe CPS, CBS, not CPS. That's a electric company in San Antonio. NBC, uh, they had put out some reports that, it, and this is all hypothetical right now, but the MLB draft could possibly be skipped with the revenue that the MLB is going to lose this year or that they're expected to lose. Now they are possibly a little bit hopeful that they could begin their season at some point, maybe in May, maybe in June, because, of course, the MLB season is quite long. But there was a lot of questions being asked in this if it were to be not just postponed but canceled altogether. Now, of course, you think about the whole thing of players that are eligible this year, seniors, high school players that were already expected to be drafted, and, of course, junior, junior draft eligible players. That would, of course, hold them back. But that's just kind of the nature of the beast that we're at right now. And where that affects the Razorbacks is we could see Casey Martin, Casey Opitz, and Heston Kerstead in particular in a Razorback uniform again next year if that were to happen. And it, it was said that annually the player, the amateur player 
bonuses from contracts and all all of that total is about four hundred million dollars, and so that's a lot of money that they would be saving if they were to just completely skip the draft, and they can basically make up a lot of that with the games that they're not going to be able to play. So there's of course a lot of questions, like I was mentioning in there, of of what could happen. You know, like, will college juniors who who would have been eligible to start their professional careers, will they be forced to, to delay and come back, like I was mentioning with, with our players? Now, you think about it, it would be a great thing. Yeah, because we didn't get to see the potential of this team this year. We saw them get on a seven-game win streak, then a five-game losing streak, and then a four-game win streak. So we really didn't know... We didn't. We just got kind of a glimpse of what they could possibly be. We saw the, some of the struggles. We saw some of the strengths. But this is just going to be something to keep an eye on as we move forward because obviously a lot of hypothetical questions that people are just going to ask in general, just kind of like what I'm doing right now. But that's definitely something to pay attention to because it is they're they're making stories about it. So it's certainly in the po- in the possibility of happening. It's um. <sighs> You know how I am about that. I, the the stars and the moon and the sun, everything has to align just right for all things positive to happen for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I hope something. I, I hope that this will maybe have these guys reconsider a little bit. But I just, I don't know. You know, Dave Van Horn came out, and, and this was probably before the rumors about the draft being pushed back, but Dave Van Horn came out and said, I want to say this was yesterday. Someone may correct me if I'm wrong in chat. Please do. But I, th- I believe it was yesterday or sometime this week anyways that he did not see those three guys coming back, Casey Martin, Curse Dad, uh, and uh, good grief, Opus, seeing those guys come back. Probably those odds not very high right now. But uh, it is so unfortunate. I've, I feel like uh, – and everybody does. Any sports fan can make this argument, but I just feel like the Hogs – I do think they would have right the ship this year. I don't. I don't know where you're at on that, Kyle, but I felt like they were gonna they were gonna right the ship and make a pretty good run this year. Um, and they already were starting to turn things around. And now w- there's really really high chance we're not going to get to see those guys in Razorback uniforms anymore. And this season's just up in up in flames, and and rightfully so because you've got the the worry of the coronavirus. But uh, it's just so unfortunate, and it just feels like. Yeah, Arkansas was picked to do really well this year. Again, like you said, they were in a slump, but they were coming out of it. Anything could have happened. College baseball, while it's not as long as the Major League Baseball season at all, like it's, you know, it's Major League Baseball feels like it goes on forever and ever, which I'm fine with that being a Cardinal fan, especially when they're decent, makes the season that much more enjoyable. But, you know, the the college baseball, you have a little bit shorter amount of time there, and and anything still could have happened, though. And I I feel like Arkansas, it's Dave Van Horn. And with the lineup, with that roster, the the rotation of the bullpen seemed like it was starting to come around. I felt like they could have made a run. I I really do. I'm not so sure that it would have been an Omaha-type year, but I do believe that they would have certainly made it to. They've only... Had one year in Dave Van Horn's tenure. Was it what, 19 years, something like that, that he's been there that they did not make the postseason? And I actually, about this time last year, when I was still doing Tex Hogs, I had Evan Lee on, who is, of course, with the Washington Nationals organization right now. And he was a uh, pitcher for the Razorbacks, but also played outfield, first base. He played 
so many different positions. And one of the things that he said about Dave Van Horn on top of what makes him such a great coach is he's just really great at adjusting. Like, for instance, putting Heston Kerstad, moving him. We, we have a surplus of outfielders. You put him at first base. Or someone might be struggling at the plate and maybe at outfield. Well, you got Curtis Washington right back there that can help. That was starting to really come on uh, in the, the Grand Canyon series. And so that's just what that's one of the main things that makes Dave Van Horn so great is that he can adjust to his strengths, and that's the reason why he has at least gotten to the postseason just about every year that he has been there, all but one. And we talk about one thing I wanted to touch on that I was really thinking about last night is, of course, when you when you and I recorded last last week, that was when all the breaking news was coming in that the NCAA tournament was going to be canceled, yeah. that the World <laughs> Series was going to be suspended. We thought about, of course, as we mentioned, I, I just can't reiterate enough, the safety of humanity and the athletes and the coaches is, is by far the most important. But it still doesn't take away the fact that it's heartbreaking for sports fans that we don't have it. That's just the reality of it. Mm. And we were talking about what it would do, what, it, what it impact it would have on these kids' futures, especially the ones that, like ba- basketball with, with Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe, really having to make a big decision coming up. But now – here we are a week later, and man, just people all across the country, all across the world struggling. They don't even have jobs. And it's just a really tough time right now just because part-time people are getting laid off. Companies are just losing, especially small businesses. Um, it, it's just a really tough time. And we've seen a lot of good things with you, of course. I think it was Shea Serrano, who is a guy who's actually from Houston, but he lives in San Antonio. He's a pretty big, big-time author. And basically said, hey, let's start a thread of helping people pay their bills. And people were Venmoing each other money. So you saw you're always going to see bad in every situation, but there was a lot of good things that we've seen as well too. And I really think that in times like these, we, we come together. We, we, social media brings out the good and the bad. But overall, I, I think we've, we've done a pretty good job of showing that how when tragedies are occurring – or if you could, I guess this would technically be a tragedy at this point, just based on what it is doing to some businesses and stuff like that. But um, it is it is serious, and um, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I've definitely taken a lot more caution than I was before. Not necessarily because I'm worried about myself, but because I'm worried about an elderly person or somebody that has a ongoing disease or just any kind of health issue. Uh, that's what I'm personally doing, and I, I think that overall with the situation that we've been in that uh, we've responded pretty well. And you're, listen, Kyle's been in Texas for a while. He's coming back home. It's this Saturday, right? You're coming back to, you're coming back to Arkansas. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting around a bunch of boxes and piles of just, uh, I'll load up the trailer tomorrow. So just got a bunch of stuff uh, sitting around me. So it's nice to take a break from that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I leave, I head back to Arkansas for good on Saturday. Mm. Uh, well, I don't envy you for the uh, for the for the loading and all that and the moving. I don't envy you for that. But um, welcome home on Saturday. But seeing yes, as how we yes. probably won't talk on the phone or anything until then, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to to Arkansas, my man. It's good to be back. Well, almost, almost, right. <laughs> Right now, so speaking of the uh, coronavirus and, and all the lives being affected affected by the by this, this or this by this virus, uh, we have news that Arkansas will no will not have school until April seventeenth. So, if you're like me, I'm going to be stuck at home with my kids until April seventeenth. 
Uh, there's just nothing. That's going to be the way of life now for a little while. What is today's date? The uh, was the nineteenth. The nineteenth, yeah. So we we've <laughs> we still got a long ways to go to get through this. But April seventeenth, unless they, you know, unless this thing just evaporates and disappears and everyone's fine sooner than later, I don't see that changing. And in fact, I could see them pushing it beyond that. So far, sixty-two positive cases for the virus. Uh, have been have uh, been found or discovered in Arkansas. So stay safe out there. You guys know the routine, and not just, I, I know that I have a lot of listeners, and, and the Hog Talk has a lot of listeners, um, viewers that that are from all around the country. Just stay safe wherever you're at. Uh, like I said on the live show, when was that Friday night? Um, I'm not I'm not one to give in to the hysteria, but I think you should do whatever you feel like is the safest thing for you and yours. So, and, and, you know, my dad is, they just discovered a case in Fayetteville. My dad wants me to come over with the kids, and I live in Springdale. And I know it's probably already here, but I'm like, I'm going to, if I show up, Dad, I might have my mask on. I might have my, my uh, surgical mask on or something. Well, here's two kind of scary things. So, Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, he tested positive for Saw Corona, that. and he was at Oakland this past weekend. So, if you if you shook hands with him, you better... Take precautions because I'm sure there was plenty of people that uh, there's a lot of Saints fans in Arkansas, a lot of NFL fans in general. So that's something to look out for. And also, too, so my my parents actually have a lake house uh, near the Heber Springs area in Greer's Ferry. And I was talking to my mom the other day, and that town in Greer's Ferry is like, what, population eight nine hundred. 900? There's three cases there. Wow. So that's actually a pretty high percentage for a town of that small. It's all from people, residents of the town that went that went out of state and got it once that once they were back they tested positive so again you know i'm, I'm kind of with you i'm not in a complete hysteria about it because i mean i feel like i am pretty i'm 30 years old i feel like i'm pretty healthy i feel like i clean my hands well i'm pretty good hygienically but at the end of the day as i mentioned before there are people that are not as blessed health wise as us there are not people that are as young in our youth as we are so it's really kind of one of those things to help out your neighbor at this point yeah yeah just uh Think of others before you act. <laughs> or what is it, three feet, stay three feet in between everybody or whatever. And I've heard, too, a lot of restaurants. That's what the restaurants, yeah, that's what the restaurants were doing. Apparently, I, from the tweets that I've seen, some of the people I've talked to, Mayor Scott and Little Rock, actually enacted just only t- uh, takeout or, and delivery. So n- nothing in the dining rooms. Yeah. Um, if you happen to work for Uber Eats, if you're driving, you're probably going to make bank. And... Um, and what was the other one? DoorDash. If you're if you're doing one of those, and if you're not, might be a good idea. Sign up for it. Wear a surgical mask. Keep Germex in your car. You know, take precautions. Wipe down in between every drive. Have some wipes handy, assuming you have any. You know, um, <laughs> I know that that's been a big issue too. People running out of the essentials. Um, so, okay. Thank you guys for for stopping by. This was unannounced. Um, again, if you're listening to the podcast, we what we what we did was we recorded this on the PTN YouTube channel, uh, the Picture Network YouTube channel, and, and we're doing this live with a live chat. So let me let me get caught up on chat really quick. Mark Douglas says if EA Sports, uh, damn you, Ed O'Bannon, he says could release a new NCAA version <laughs> of football right now, they would sell mega millions due to sports starvation. I'm not gonna lie, Mark, that's a really good argument because I have. I have an updated roster for the 2019 season on NCAA 14, but I 
I would claw somebody's eyes out for a, for an NCAA. What would it be? Twenty twenty one. I would I would claw somebody's eyes out for that right now. Now they would have to dump everything they did on NCAA fourteen because I'm sorry that version is trash. Everyone who says that's the best NCAA, you haven't played college football long enough or played the NCAA. You haven't played it long enough. All right, because NCAA fourteen was garbage. It was terrible. All right, the recruiting system, they dumbed it down where you just you put these points in instead of actively like using your strengths and weaknesses to recruit players or, or try to use other programs or, or you use your strengths like you put in a certain amount of points to your strengths and you pitch that to them. They dump that and they they just do this you know, this very vanilla point system where you just apply points to the player. It's so stupid. I hate And it only worked if, it, yeah, half the time it only worked if you were like Alabama, Ohio, especially if they didn't have any interest and you were not, like if you were trying to, I'm just going to throw a team out, if you were like East Carolina and you wanted to build a dynasty, then obviously four and five stars are not going to come to you, but you could still, once you started winning, you could still a nice three star, the occasional four star, but once you start getting built up, because I know that I did a dynasty with Arkansas, and even by like five year six, after I had won like four or five, whatever it was, national championships in a row, it was like, unless you were Alabama or Ohio State or USC, it, you were lucky if you could get a, I, I don't know, maybe I was just not that good at it, but I thought it was completely dumbed down too. And uh, I was playing it not too long ago, and I was thinking the exact same thing. But it was, yeah, that, they've got to make some alterations to that. I hate NCAA 14. I, I hate it. Like, and so what I do is I just play Madden instead. And you can update, uh, or you can get updated draft, uh, draft rosters, right? So you can, you can actually use an up to date, uh, you know the draft picks, the projected draft picks, even for this year's draft. So I've been doing that. I took the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I made them absolutely terrible. I, like they're already bad, but I had to make them worse so I could lose out. I think I went like two and fourteen to make sure I got that first pick, uh, so I could draft Macaulay Culkin as my quarterback, which I ended up doing. And uh, and so, anyways, it's that, that's where I get my. I'm with Mark. I'm with Mark 100 on that. Mr. D Dub says, uh, "Hope all is well with y'all." Callie on lockdown here. It's coming, Mr. T Dub. It's coming. Tony Brown, did you see that post on Sports Center? Oh, that retweeted Eric Musselman doing practice with absolutely no one there. It was hilarious. Yeah, I did see that. That was pretty funny. Uh, and I, I, I saw where an assistant for Tennessee was was taking shots at him for that too. And oh, was- and of course that that Michigan troll, Ant Wright, uh, Ant Wright, who of course was at. I'll go. I'm giving him publicity that is not deserved right now. Ugh. But that's the guy that uh, failed at Michigan, and then he they went and he won four games at Toledo his senior year. I think averaged like seven points, and then was uh, had a twenty three percent win percentage as a high school coach in Michigan. So it's funny how the the biggest trolls are usually the biggest failures. So that's just kind of funny to me. But uh, he's the one that's always taking shots at Eric Musselman for whatever reason because they didn't get Moses Moody. But that's all that's Arkansas basketball. Yeah, anything they did this year, he just trolled him, and he he caught it back. And I think half of it was for publicity. You know, because every time every time he says something about Arkansas, Hog fans just light up his his Twitter thread. So just like what I did, so I, I he I did exactly what he wanted to do, but I figured I'd give him a nice little shout out. It's all in good fun, uh, kind of. Yeah, it is. Um, let's see. 
O'Kelly points out that uh, he also did a press conference today where no one was there. It was even better. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty Yeah, funny. that one was really good because the, he ended it with, which, of course, you knew was probably going to happen, but he, he had to uh, cut off Bob Holt because Bob had already asked 13 questions. And, of course, he asked Andrew Hutchinson why he was there and not with his, his uh, newborn daughter. It, it was really good. I <laughs> uh, should have talked to Bob Holt. Should have had some. Should have been. He's probably still answering Bob Holt questions. Uh, I'm sure Bob's still sitting in the chair. Probably, he probably was. He probably was. Uh, thanks for putting out content. Ty Hog Sports is the only other place I can get sports talk from. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate that. Also, Kyle is with me. If you're hearing this other voice and you're like, "Wait, who the hell is that?" That's that's uh, Kyle Sutherland. A lot of you know who he is. A lot of you know. You listen to the Hog Talk. Um, but he's he's joining me. Again, we're recording. This is episode 76 of the Hog Talk, and it's also some content for you guys who are bored at home, tired of watching Office reruns or Office on Netflix. Not that you could ever get tired of that show because it is the greatest show ever made. Um, the baseball team was bipolar, says Mr. T-Dub. It was. Um, and that is generally how baseball is anyways, major league to, to college baseball, right? I know he knows that. Mr. T-Dub knows that. Um but it's. I do think they could have turned it around. I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you they would have gone to the College World Series. But I do think anything's possible. But at the same time, the last time they lost five straight games was during the 2016 season, which did not end well for them. So there is that to consider. Uh, Kelly Marie says I thought the Oakland was closed. Talking about uh, the Saints coach who was down at Oakland. I don't know. I think they closed. So if it wasn't if it wasn't last weekend, it was it was whatever the last weekend that it was open. But I saw it from a very very reputable source on Facebook, uh, Rex Nelson. Many of you know the name. He uh, he was the one that I saw it first from, and then a few other people have posted it as well. So it might not have been a, this last weekend, but it was very very recently. Oh, Kelly Marie, uh, I have a friend that does Bite Squad. She made good money even before this. Uh, Celtics for Life says, can we talk about how Arkansas might not go to Notre Dame? Mm. We don't know. And nothing is is etched in concrete yet. We don't know if they're going to postpone the season. We'll just have to let this thing play out. Supposedly, and again, you guys know I'm no doctor. I don't have a, uh, you know, I have a PhD in eating, you know, cheese bites or a, 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 a pizza. That's my PhD, eating pizza tasty pizza that's it but i did read online that um, the virus doesn't do well in warmer climate so the warmer it gets supposedly it'll die you know anything is anything's possible we'll have to wait and see uh ncaa uh, 2k needs to come back says jacob uh hey what's up tommy hope you're doing well man oh uh, here's arkansas wolf love you guys but ncaa 14 is my favorite i was able to win four to five national championships in about 10 years and have a bunch of top 10 classes respectfully he disagree. only won four or five in 10 years yeah that's it <laughs> Here, here's another issue with ncaa 14 that i had when you roll when you're in shotgun and you got three wide and your running backs to your left, fullback to your right. And the route, it's basically crossing routes over the middle. And you do this play action play action to the running back. Well, every time I would do that, I'd say about 70% of the time, my quarterback would get stuck. I've only seen this on NCAA 14. My quarterback would get stuck, and he's sitting there. It looks like he's riding a pony sideways. Like he's doing the gallop sideways. He's still got the ball, and he's just sitting back there galloping, not really uh, moving, and then gets I sacked. 
Game I want to say that that was I, – I never really confirmed this, but that happened to me a couple times too, and I've kind of figured out if, you're, if your speed or acceleration or whatever was below a certain – like if it was below like 75 or something like that, I think that that's – for some reason it was like a glitch. That's kind of what the conclusion that I came to because if you had a fast quarterback, I mean, I would say they, they ran like a running back almost. Yeah. But when they ran like – like you said, they were riding a horse or something – then that was when it, that normally happened. But I know exactly what you're talking about, and I think that was just like a glitch, depending on what your stat, what your ratings were. Well, it, it's it happened with me with every quarterback I ever had, and it seemed like no matter what dynasty, no matter what team I picked, uh, and I'm like you, I like to take crappy teams and try to build them up, and try to recruit my way out of a hellhole. And sometimes you could, sometimes you could, but that's what was bad about NCAA 14. I know it has a lot of people really enjoy it because it was the last, and it's the only one really where you can get good, up to date rosters. Yeah, you can get up to date rosters on the older ones, but they're not they're not near as good as the ones on 14. I've discovered. Um, I, I can't stand 14. I really do think it's like the worst NCAA between that one and I think um, the year before McFadden. Was on the cover of Xbox. Remember, he was only on the cover. He was only on the cover for Xbox 360. He wasn't on the cover for PS3. Uh, but it was the year before that one where the game was so glitchy and so bad that you just couldn't even. You could barely play it. It would freeze what was all the, the one, time. What was that one though that you could go? That was like you started in high school. I can't. Um, it was the one where Desmond Howard was on the cover. I really liked that one. You started in high, like you you do your drills, and depending on how well you did, you would get like the top schools or the not so great schools, and then you would go on. And you could you could end up transferring it to Madden, just like you always have. I but I think remember. that was the one. It, it like basically the whole entire the whole entire game was premised on that. I think it was called the Heisman Race. But that one was real. I think it was 05. I remember, 05, that. I remember I'm not the mistaken. Heisman Race. I do. Yeah. What's up, Ty? What's up, y'all? What's going on, Dwight? How you doing? Um. Yeah, Madden over the years has gotten better, but it, it's yeah. been it's been something worth playing. But it still has its issues. Every game's gonna have its bugs. I hated fourteen. Um, also, moving on really quick to the NFL. That's really the only news that we have, and we kind of touched on it a little bit already. But Todd Gurley no longer a Ram. Yeah, I'm a little sad about it. But he had uh, throughout his career. I'll go over the numbers again. I know we already talked about it a little bit, but he had. Over, uh, he had 1,265 total carries as a Ram, 5,404 yards, 58 rushing touchdowns, 12 receiving touchdowns, and he averaged overall about just south of four and a half yards a carry, 70 total touchdowns. In 2019, he played in 15 games, 223 carries, only 857 yards. That's just south of four yards a carry, 12 touchdowns, three fumbles. I think he had a couple of receiving touchdowns on there. I actually didn't get that information. But um, as a Ram fan, uh, they got to make room. You know, they're they're they've got some huge contracts. They're they're paying Goff pretty good. They've got they've still got Aaron Donald, who in my opinion is is the best defensive player in the league. Period. Um, and they're going to pay the man, and they're going to continue to pay the man, even though he didn't have as good of a year as he had the year before last. I think some of that had to do with no uh, no. Uh, I can't ever pronounce his name right. Sue. You, you know. the Domicong Sue. Domicong Sue, the former Nebraska Cornhusker. I think that played a role in Aaron Donald's phenomenal numbers, but still, he's the best defensive player in the league. That's Maybe that's a biased opinion. They also let go of Clay Matthews. You remember him, former uh, standout for the for the uh, Green Bay Packers, through 13 games with the Rams. He had 25 tackles, 42 quarterback hurries with eight sacks. So those two will no longer be Rams. 
Their defense next year is going to be a little. It's it's you know they let go of um, another linebacker, so their defense is going to be a little different compared to last year. But obviously, no Todd Gurley on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to be weird not seeing him line up as a Ram. Um, I could see him, like you said earlier. You said Tampa, and who was the other team you thought Gurley could wind up with? Well. I, I said that the dark horse could be the Chiefs. Des Bryant actually tweeted that, and I, I thought that that was pretty interesting. But you never know what, especially the fact that a team is going to get him for pretty cheap. I wouldn't see the. I would not be shocked at all to see the Chiefs try to at least make a run at him. But my guess right now would be Tampa for sure. Yeah. Just off the bat, you know, it just happened, so we never know what could happen. But yeah. uh, I, I, I would not be shocked if he does team up with Tom Brady there. Yeah. Uh, the one with the shaking screen, I loved. I think oh five oh six. Uh, my Chiefs need to pick up Gurley in a trade. Yeah, I, I I could see him. I mean, that would be crazy. I just don't know if they're going to offer him the kind of deal because if, had they not let Todd Gurley go today, they would owe. I think it was like ten and a half million dollars uh, through contract obligation. I don't know if the Chiefs have that kind of cap room or not. I don't. I don't know what they're working with. Um, I'm going to hate to see him line up as anyone but a Ram, but. You know he's also he's injury prone, um, and he's he's not had. I mean he's been great. He's been a he's been a solid when he's healthy and has a decent offensive line. He's a top five worthy running back, no doubt. But he's also one of those type of running backs where he has to have a decent offensive line. And yeah, that's probably true anywhere. But you know there's there's two or three backs in this league. I think even with subpar offensive lines, can still make things happen. I don't think he's one of those kind of backs. You know, I, I kind of think Ezekiel Elliott might be a step ahead of him, um, but that's kind of I, I put him in the in the tier of running backs. I'd say he's he's mid. You know, he's he's like a seventh or eighth overall running back in the league uh, when he's again fully healthy and has a def- decent offensive line. And obviously, you've got all the other elements to your offense, where you have some threat of a passing game. He will excel. He's that caliber running back when things when everything's lined up the way they should be, where a lot of running backs couldn't hold his jock strap, and that's what makes Gurley special. Also, he's got the receiving element side of him as well. He's a dual threat back in that he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's pretty dangerous. But uh, they had a lot of issues last year. The Rams did. Goff is not worth what they're paying him. Um, I could go on and on about that. This is a Razorback podcast, so I won't go on about what what I think the Rams need to do. But it's for a Maybe a, maybe that's another show I'll do. You guys know how I do all these things to stretch myself out super thin. Maybe I'll do a, a NFL show or something. But um, yeah, it's gonna. I, I'm bummed. I wasn't surprised about Clay Matthews. Was a little surprised they didn't hang on to 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 uh, to Gurley. But it is what it is. Moving on to Razorback basketball news. Arkansas. This is kind of we we talked about this a little bit. I think on the Hog Talk Pod and on the PTN. Uh, but the Hogs have reached out. Now this is developing news. Hogs were one of the first to reach out to the seven foot three grad transfer Mateus Markinson out of uh, Loyola Marymount. The 2018-2019 season, he scored ten points per game, shot just around fifty eight percent from the floor. He averaged six rebounds a game, and he had a team high of twenty nine shots blocked. Uh, so, yeah, not bad. According to uh, to to Jeff Goodman from Stadium. On Twitter, he said he made the claim that Southern Miss, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, Minnesota, Ohio State, San Diego State, Arizona State, and Washington State all have shown interest in Mateus Markinson. So, um, yeah, I 
I don't know. Don't and I, someone had asked me this a couple of weeks ago, and I don't remember if I responded or not. But they had asked about the kind of room Arkansas has and what this roster might look like next year. Um, obviously, a lot depends on on Isaiah Joe and, and Mason Jones. You're going to have some guys senior out. You got guys, you know, and and I don't know that Wit. I think they're going to have a sixth-year option because of the virus, but I don't know. Kyle, do you know if that pertains? Will that pertain to basketball? Is that going to? Will they have the opportunity to to come I, back the seniors? I have not seen that for bat. I don't think it's going to. I, actually, I, I did see that the other day that they will not because I think since they were able to conclude their entire regular season. I believe is the reason. I actually have not read the full story, but I do know that it's going to be the spring sports that get the extra year of eligibility, but it's not looking like like any of the uh, winter sports will. So basketball will not. Well, and, and I'm that sucks because I'd like to have Witt back, but I don't think, you know, part of me wonders if he wouldn't just go ahead and leave anyways, give give uh, the European leagues a shot or something. You can make a little bit of money. You'd be surprised about what the kind of money you could make in the European leagues. Kyle and I were actually discussing that before the uh, before we started recording. But um, it's going to be interesting. Next year, you're going to have a bench. You're going to have size. And just imagine if they do land Mateus Marcus. And he's a grad transfer. So he'd be eligible ASAP. As soon as he got on campus, he's eligible. So, oh, my God. Two seven footers, seven foot three guys. One of them is a is an outside shooter. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you except oh, you go from being the shortest team in in the conference to being one of the bigger teams in in, in the conference and maybe even in the country with a couple seven footers. Um, and then obviously you still have Ethan Henderson who really came around as a solid. I could see him as a four next year, power forward type next year with with uh, with. With Connor Vanover and and then this guy playing the true center, true five spot. So next year, Arkansas basketball could look quite a bit differently. It will it will look? I think it will look because, I, like I said on the last Hog Talk, I still don't think either one of them come back. But then since this virus and since this hit, I saw that. Did you see Eric Musselman's kind of teary goodbye to the team? Did you watch that on Twitter? I did. I did. It was it was. It shows. The the kind of code, not just the kind of coach, but the kind of man that he is. But man, that was really sad. Uh, it, it was. It's just so sad to see. With I, I think that this is probably the hardest working team I have ever watched in a Razorback uniform. With what they were able to do, with really not a ton, and just to see that cut short is just it's so so heartbreaking. It really is. And again. Every time I say that, because I have been called out in my DMs that uh, I am a little bit too, I'm a little too passionate about sports, which I am. I get the reason why it is happening, but it still does not take away the fact that it just really sucks that these guys got their season taken away. The rest of it, at least. Yeah, and and that makes me wonder if Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones, if that doesn't kind of weigh on them a little bit and think, you know. Like everybody else, we feel like we might have been robbed by this virus, you know, and, and it's not anybody's fault, but maybe they feel like they have uh, some work left to do. That's the only way, if they were to come back, I could see that playing over and over in, in their minds. Um, this team, if Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones both come back, oh my God. And uh, I had this pulled up here just a little bit ago. 
But uh, Arkansas on a too early. This was Jeff Goodman's ridiculously uh, early top 25 list. And this is with only one of the two coming back, I believe is what Jeff Goodman said. Um, and again, this is from Stadium. You can follow him on Twitter. He has Arkansas ranked at 22nd in the country. And that's just was one of the two coming back. Again, I think that's what he said or what he stated on on his uh, on that link. With Baylor at number one, Villanova and Creighton and Gonzaga all in the top five, Michigan State at number five, um, LSU coming in at number twenty. Boy, a lot could happen in this off season uh, if if uh, this documentary from HBO has its way, or if fans or if anybody who believes you know Will Wade should be fired has their way. This guy included right here. Um, Going to be interesting to see how that pans out. I've got something on that here in just a second. But, yeah, Jeff Goodman has Arkansas in the top 25, in his too early top 25 with just – and I believe he had – I want to say he had Isaiah Joe coming back and Mason Jones trying out the, the, the NBA or trying out the next level. Um, again, if this coronavirus – you know the way it ended their season, more or less abruptly, because in their minds, you got to feel like you got to understand the way fans see things and the way players and coaches see things are entirely different. In their mind, they were playing for the SEC championship, and that could have given them the shot, and it would have. Now, I don't think that's how it would have played out. I don't think they would have made the SEC championship. Anything could have happened, though. I could be wrong, but had they had that opportunity. You know, and now they feel like they had it raw taken away from them. Maybe they both come back. Imagine what his list would look like then with both these guys confirming that they're coming back for for next season. Um, I'll tell you right now, if they're not put in the top twenty five by the AP or the coaches poll, I, I would I, that would just um, well, that'd be retarded. I'm just <laughs> just gonna call it like it is. That'd be that'd be crazy. The FCC is gonna come after us now, Ty. I know I should have <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but. Um, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, at that point, with 20 wins this year, I, I didn't. I, I didn't think preseason before we did the pre-conference picks. The preseason picks, I thought they'd be lucky to get to 14 to 15 wins, and they find a way to get to 20. They have South Carolina coming up in the SEC tournament. I know that the first time around, Frank Martin got the better of them, and, and you know had a crazy deep roster to work with and, and used it to his advantage. I mean, he's a good coach. I've always, I've always liked Frank Martin, um, and he he beat Arkansas. Yeah, I think he, he. I don't know that he necessarily outcoached Musselman necessarily. Maybe he did a little bit, but he definitely out rostered him. If that if that makes any sense, he had so many bodies to work with in Arkansas who 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 didn't, especially at that point in time. Uh, but I felt like they probably could have gotten by them. I felt like they were playing better ball, and they had Isaiah Joe back and all that stuff. So. Um, I don't know. It's intriguing, though, to see them already getting media attention at this early. So, yeah. what do you think of that? Jeff Goodman, too early top 25 poll, him putting him in, in putting Arkansas in the uh, in his poll, in his top 25. I, I got to say, I'm kind of shocked, but I, I think especially that, I've, I mean, with what, what they have coming in, we've talked about their, their recruiting class coming in, and... I, I personally like it when they're not ranked. Yes, I, I know that. Trust me. I mean, I, I want to have the best team. Obviously, I mean, I think anybody does. But, and I'm not one of those guys. that's like, well, history this, history that, because every year a team looks different, no matter what level you're playing on. Yeah. But that is one thing about the Razorbacks is they seem that they play better when they have a chip on their shoulder. So I prefer 
that you go into, like, for instance, like what they had going into the SEC tournament. I don't think that they were going to run the table just with the lack of depth and playing five days in a row. I just I don't think they would have even made it to the championship game. I think they could have at least made it to play LSU, but I, I don't know. I, I like it when they I like it when they're not a top twenty five team, and then I know I might get some heat for that, but. I think you can understand where I'm coming from. I just I like it better when they play with a chip on their shoulder. And maybe they just didn't play that well under Mike Anderson when they were ranked. It could be different under under Eric Musselman. It's a whole new era again. You can talk about history all you want, but teams look different every single year. But I I have to say, to answer your question, I am shocked about it. They um, speaking of just LSU, like I said, there's going to be a documentary that airs on March 31st. It's about the uh, convicted felon Christian Dawkins. And the name of the show is uh, The Scheme. Again, it's on HBO. And they have a clip, more audio, that I, I, I don't believe has been aired. What was said was not, I don't think we know about this yet until CBS. I got this buddy of mine sent me a link. Um, and he said, I know how big of a fan you are of Will Wade and, um, and, and LSU and how they rightfully got to where they were this year. Right, right, rightfully. But, um, yeah, the audio, listen to this. Well, obviously we don't have the actual audio, but I could, I could read it out for you. Um, let me scroll down here really quick. Uh, this is between Dawkins and Will Wade in this conversation. Again, this was a part of the, uh, this was a part of the FBI wiretap. Dawkins says, well, listen, I mean, blank, or expletive, he could he could be playing f- uh, for LSU or some blank. He could have fifth-year eligibility, and if he doesn't get drafted like Randolph Morris or some blank like that, uh, Wade says, we'll take it, we'll take it. Dawkins, I know you will, I know you will. Wade's response, listen to this, we could compensate him better than the rookie minimum. We could that, compensate that's, that's, him yeah. better than the rookie minimum. Dawkins, sure. Dawkins laughing. You're probably right about that too. We in Wade goes on to say we'd give him more than the D League. We googled it. The the or the the G League plays a pays a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year. That's the G League. Um, I couldn't really find the D-League. What were you saying, Kyle? I'm sorry. Well, I was, no, you're good. I, I thought you were done just a second ago. My bad. I, I, it, I will say, though, I'm sure that if Sean Miller and Will – because Sean Miller, apparently, there's some audio from him, the Arizona coach as well. If he and Will Wade have HBO subscriptions, I don't think they're going to much longer. <laughs> it's amazing to me that that guy still has a job. I said this when we only got piece of the wire. We only got a small part of the wiretap. I'm pretty sure I never heard any of this other audio. Um, but I said there's more to this. Will Wade. There, there, this is not a basketball dynasty. Okay, this isn't LSU football or baseball. This is LSU basketball. Yeah, they had Shaquille O'Neal and Pistol Pete. Who gives a damn? All right, they haven't been relevant in college basketball in a very long time. The kind of prospects they were in on, the kind of guys they were recruiting, the guys that were committing and signing. Something was fishy, but a lot of people, well, it's LSU. I mean, come on. And, yeah, there might be something going on, but everybody cheats, blah, blah, blah. Remember what Mike Anderson said during all that. He told his assistants, tonight you'll be sleeping well while these other guys won't be. 
Uh, that's not verbatim. I don't remember what he said verbatim, but it was something along those lines. After what happened with this FBI wiretapping and all this stuff with the, uh, what was it, the AAU or whatever, or the, uh, not AAU, the, uh, oh, the, you're going to have to bail me out, Kyle. There's the, the part of the basketball program, or the, the, the system. And, uh, uh you're talking about what he was talking about whenever running a clean program. Well, when so when Mike Anderson when Mike Anderson made that statement, it was after the wiretap from the FBI and after some stuff had gone public. Right, and he had told his assistants, "This is why tonight you're going to be sleeping." It was something along those lines. You're going to be sleeping well tonight because of what's going on around college basketball and because of what what had made what had been made public and. We had heard a snippet, I believe. We'd only heard a snippet at the time of what Will Wade had said. And we're getting more and more of this. We're getting more and more. And we're going to hear more. This is, again, it's an HBO documentary. It's going to be airing on March 31st, um, which isn't that far away. And it's about Christian Dawkins. And, again, they, they unveil some of this, some of the, uh, the, the, what, you know, the wired, the, the, let me see here. Hang on. I had it pulled up. Uh, well, I think the only thing that we knew at that time, if I recall correctly, and I, I remember reading reading a lot about this, but I believe that at that time we didn't know exactly any of the words that were said. We just knew that the FBI had content. That's we heard, no, really there was, was, no, there was a little bit released. There okay. was a little bit I, released I I at the time where he, he had made a comment about stringing a player along or something, but we didn't hear anything about any money. We didn't hear any... Okay. Any ties to any direct, you know, a certain amount of money. Here they have him saying we'd give him more than the D League. Um, after this article was published by CBS, this was March 18th. So this was yesterday uh, by Matt Norlander. I don't know how LSU. I don't. I don't know if I'm the AD of that program or the chancellor or whoever, how you keep Will Wade on board. I don't know how the NCAA doesn't investigate again. I don't know how these people don't get involved again and make some sort of of some sort of move on LSU basketball. Something needs to be done because I don't believe I believe that you're innocent until proven guilty. I'm not going to sit here and, and say, "Well, Arkansas is probably up to something too because of the recruits they're getting." A lot of these kids are in-state. A lot of these kids, like Moses Moody, obviously has a connection to the program. LSU was getting guys that had <laughs> that had no ties to the state. They're getting players that that you know were never would never have been on LSU's shortlist before. And it's just it's always been fishy to me what's going on down there. And 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 here we're getting more and more. You know, there's some light being shed on the situation. Again, it's called the scheme. It's HBO produced. It's a HBO produced documentary, um, and it's it's following. I guess it's following the convicted felon Christian Dawkins, uh, or maybe he's just a part of it. But there's a whole there's a whole bunch here that's going to be. I, I guess we're going to we're going to know a lot more after this thing airs. Um, the documentary cuts from the call. To Dawkins, making further clear his his uh, impression of the conversation with Wade. Dawkins goes so far as to praise Wade for pulling off what he did and keeping his post at LSU. <laughs> well, I'll say this: if uh, nothing shocks me about the NCAA, like if if they find this evidence and or actually that comes out and it's clearly Will Wade, nothing really shocks me at all about them. But this will be the most damning evidence since the 
SMU death penalty without question. And I mean, the, the SMU death penalty, of course, there was a lot of stuff with like Pete Carroll and all that too, but there was like legit in your face evidence with SMU. And that's the reason why now I'm not saying LSU, I don't think any, uh, any school will ever get the death penalty ever again. Cause we saw how badly that affected SMU really even up until not that long ago, but this will be without question, in my opinion, the most damning evidence since that death penalty. If, if this is going to be what we expect. Well, we saw what happened to Ole Miss, but we, the difference there was we saw physical, you know, a player texting an assistant yeah. and talking about, I don't remember if they gave it an exact amount or not, but you could see there's clear evidence here. I think this is, this is like you said, pretty damning. Um, I think it's SMU was literally like their athletic director was literally sending recruits money, cash. Of course, back then, you know, you didn't have near the technology and stuff, but yeah. their their athletic director was sending cash money addressed from him. And yeah. so that's what I mean. Like if if Will if it's coming directly out of Will Way, yeah, there was a lot of stuff from Ole Miss. But man, this is this is some serious stuff. But it but it truly would not shock. I mean, you you got to think that the NCAA would act immediately. Will Wade would be gone. But nothing shocks me with them whatsoever. Yeah. Well, we'll see how the how the NCAA reacts after this documentary airs. Um, I know some people, especially LSU fans, are going to say, well, some of this is taken out of context and so on and so forth. But uh, to me, there's more than enough evidence here. I'm not saying that they should get the death penalty. I think in order to get the death penalty, I think you have to break the rules, the same rule, I think, more than once. I think, you know, but the NCAA, we have to remember – for them to go after a big time program like that, it's going to hurt them as much as anything. The NCAA, um, so of course they're not going to lay the hammer down when they should. I I felt like the Ole Miss stuff should have should have been worse. I felt like they should have been hit pretty hard. There was enough tangible evidence there that that uh, that that showed that these guys gave didn't give a damn about NCAA rules and uh, didn't care what they were doing. It was so blatant. Then you look back at the Penn State stuff. My God. They they throw down a really harsh penalty. I don't remember all the the uh, all the details, but it was pretty damn harsh. I think it was almost to, it was not quite the death penalty, but close to what they did to SMU. And, well, it was uh, basically a death penalty for essentially those kids that were on campus, and so it was like a four year bowl ban. But one, I think it was after two years once James Franklin came on because Bill O'Brien actually did a pretty good job with what he was given. I think he had about a 500 record because he was like the only no, – no coach wanted to touch it. They did not want to – He was there for a year, there. right? What he was there for two years. So the first year they went like seven and six, and I think they went six and six. Or no, no, it wasn't seven and six because they wouldn't have been able to go to a bowl game. But I know he was around the 500 range. And then, of course, he went to the Texans and then – and just completely screwed things up there for the most part. But that's a whole other story for another day. And James Franklin comes in, and basically they got it pushed to like, look, these kids, like, you know, the freshmen and sophomores, a lot of these guys that were contributing had nothing to do with this. And of course, this stuff was happening. Jerry Sandusky hadn't been around since like 1999. So right. it had been quite a long time. And so that, that eventually, all that stuff got lifted. But yeah, I mean, lifted. that was. And, and yeah, I, I felt like to this did. day that shouldn't have happened. I felt like that, regardless, that happened on campus. It happened under their watch. It, you know, Penn State knew about it. Joe Pod knew about it. I know they passed along information, but nothing was done uh, upstairs from Penn State officials. And and uh, and I felt like that was I, – I, I could not believe when the NCAA 
lifted that. So, like you said, nothing surprises anybody when it comes to the NCAA and what's happening around college college athletics. Um, I don't know that anything happens to Will Wade as a result of this, the LSU Tigers, but it just goes to show you that that it just kind of is what it is when it comes comes to the NCAA. Uh, thanks to everybody in chat. I think that's that's really going to do it again. This was uh, what episode was this? Seventy six. I have to keep asking that. Episode seventy six of the Hog Talk Podcast. Thank you guys. Uh, for for coming through on the live show and and being here, I know this was unannounced. No one had any idea. I've already had someone message me on on the in the DMs. What the hell? I didn't even get a notification. That's my bad. <laughs> this just kind of hit me at the last second. I thought, you know what? Again, let's just knock this thing out. Let's let's two birds two birds with one stone. This sob. So that's exactly what we did, Kyle. Uh, I guess if you just want to say goodbye to the folks, if, unless there's anything else you want to add. Yeah, I'm going to add, so uh, this is not really sports-related, but um, I've had a lot of people reach out. Which, first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's uh, wished me safe travels and best wishes and all that. But um, I- I've had a couple people ask me, what was it really that made me move to Texas and all that? Part of it sort of was my job, but also, too, at the time, I was so I-, I just turned 30, and it was right before my 27th birthday. So I've I've been here just over three years, just a hair over three years, and I just really, it's not, I've always loved the state of Arkansas. i always been a true Arkansan, blood Razorback Red, that whole nine yards. But the main reason why I did it is because I just wanted to try something different, not permanently, just temporarily. And I know that, that right now what I'm about to say is a lot easier said than done, especially considering what's going on in the world today. But I just want to tell everyone, if, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're in a position and you're feeling like you just want to try, whether it's Colorado, whether it's Texas, whether it's, I was going to say China. I wouldn't recommend China, but Australia, anywhere, uh, just anywhere in the world that if you have the ability to try it and that's what you're wanting to do, uh, I say go for it. Uh, it's been a great experience for me, and I, you know it's a bittersweet feeling, but uh, I am thankful that I get to get back to my home state. Arkansas has always uh, been where my heart has been, and so I'm really thankful uh, to get back, and hopefully now that I'm closer, I'll get to interact with some of you guys personally once all this stuff is all over as opposed to just over social media. So uh, I just wanted to answer that because I've, I've had a few of you reach out. I'm not sure if any of you are listening or at least not right now. Maybe you will later on when the podcast is on our forums. But uh, that's pretty much the reason for that. And I hope that it, if that's something you're thinking about, that uh, that helps out. Don't forget to uh, rate us on iTunes. Give us some star power there. And on behalf of everyone here at the Hog Talk Podcast, thanks a lot. Woo Pig Suey. We'll see you guys on the next one. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.